Well, if you've been here over the last uh, four weeks, you know that we're currently on a series on faith. And today we're going to look at authentic faith. And, and the, the theme of this whole teaching is the justified will live by faith. The just shall live by faith. Those who have been made righteous, holy, and justified between, between God will live by faith. And when you know that you have been made righteous, when you know that you've been made holy, when you know what Jesus Christ has done for you, when you understand the gospel, the natural reaction is to want to live by faith. And up to this point, we've talked about a lot of different things. And one of the things that uh, a lot of people get, get, get confused about, about faith, is faith is not of the head, it's of the heart. With the heart, man believes unto salvation, not the head. There is something that happens in the core of a human being when they hear the good news of the gospel, that the Holy Spirit pricks that heart and pulls on an individual into the kingdom, pulls on them to accept Jesus Christ as their Savior, to believe. Because faith is not always logical. It isn't. It's not logical to go after a trained warrior, fully armed, with nothing but a sling and five smooth stones. But the reason why is because that wasn't his main weapon. His voice, what he declared about God and who God was to him, his faith in God was the weapon. It's not, it's not logical to get out of a boat and try to walk on the water to Jesus. And when logic got involved, when they looked at the, the, the wind boisterous and the waves, and logic started getting involved, then he started to sink. Faith is supernatural. Faith is a thing of God. Faith is, is the Spirit of God working in an individual. It's God's grace being manifested in a person. And we talked, we ended last week talking about how there's two parts to everything we have in Christ Jesus. Because you already have it in Christ Jesus. We're not trying to get it, it's already yours. The part that God played, the part that Christ provided, that's called grace. And then the part that we play as joint heirs with Christ Jesus. So you have a role to play in your relationship with God. The first part is what God has done by his grace. The second part is what we do to appropriate what he has already done in Christ. Appropriate. What is the natural response? What is the natural response? What is the, the action that we take after we hear the truth of Jesus Christ, the truth of what God has done for us? There's a reaction there's a way that we begin to live. The justified will live by faith. And I said this last week, and I'm going to say it again, and it, it, we, I had to ask myself this question. Do you live by faith? If I was to come up to you and ask you, what are you trusting God for in your marriage? What are you trusting God for in your finances? What are you trusting? You're getting You're getting older. Are you going to go the way of the world and say, well, it's just that age? What are you trusting God for in your health? 
What are you trusting God for in your business? What are you trusting God for in your relationships? What are you all living by faith? And if you can't answer that question like that, you're not. You're living by your own means, by your own power. And some of you may think, you know what, Chad, my life's pretty good. Well, I guess if you want to settle for pretty good. Because I've met individuals this way. You know, I didn't give a bunch of money to the church. I don't do a bunch of things for God, and my life is pretty good. You know what? That's, that's, that's pathetic. So your life is just what you could accomplish. Just think. Just think if you trusted God. Just think if you, if you did what God, God called you to do. Just think if you started being led by the Spirit. Just think if you were pulling on the resources from heaven, what you could have accomplished. See, we are to live by faith in every area of our life. But the church so often is no different than the world when it comes to this. We need to live by faith. Let's pray. Father, we just thank you. We thank you that you're a good God. We thank you that that Jesus Christ is the manifestation of your love and your will for humanity. Father, you told us, Jesus told us to pray, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So this morning, we expect the will of heaven to happen here in our presence. Heaven on earth. In these earthen vessels, we carry around the glory of God in us. We are the temple of God Almighty. He walks about in us because of the new creation in Christ Jesus. We are bone of his bone and flesh of his flesh. So this morning, we expect your word to produce faith in the hearts of men and women this morning. We love you, we praise you, and we worship you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Proverbs 18, verse 20. With the fruit of a man's mouth, his stomach will be satisfied. He will be satisfied with the produce of his lips. Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and those who love it will eat its fruit. Death and life. Your life is the total substance of what you speak. speak. And the fruit that you'll eat is what you love. Do you love life or do you love death? Where you are today is what you said yesterday. Faith is what we believe in the core of our being. So if we talk about our trials, if we talk about our difficulties, if we talk about our lack, if we talk about our lack of faith and our lack of resources, why is it when we talk about those things, faith doesn't rise? Faith shrinks, it shrivels up, and it dies. Have you ever been around a person that's always negative, talks negative all the time? Do you leave that do you leave that conversation feeling empowered and ready to set the world on fire? No. Why is it what we say changes the atmosphere that we are, we're in? We talked about this earlier about um, I think I believe it was Princeton did a study on how 
People's just presence in a room changes the atmosphere. They put someone in a, in a room that was depressed, clinically depressed. And then they had other people come in the room that, that uh, weren't depressed. And they wouldn't allow anybody to talk to anybody. And then when they came out, they had the person that uh, was depressed answer some questions, the people that weren't, weren't depressed answer some questions. And what they found was the person that was depressed was still depressed. And the people that weren't depressed when they went in the room came out and were feeling more, more depressed than when they went in. There is a, there is a atmosphere, and we as Christians can create an atmosphere of faith. We can create an atmosphere where, where, the, where the Holy Spirit, where the Spirit of God can dwell. Because what happens when you get around someone that talks faith? Someone that talks about what God says. Someone that talks about what God says about their situation. All of a sudden, faith starts rising. It feels like you're getting strength empowered. Why is that? Why is it on Sunday morning you can leave Karis New Testament Church and feel that you can do anything through Christ who strengthens you? But I can tell that that feeling left when you came in this morning. You know, we spend, we spend, we spend the first half an hour at church just trying to get the world off everybody, get you believing again, get you seeing correctly. We need to be going through our, the whole week. You should be coming in here with stories of victory, not, not needing me to edify and encourage you and build you up. I'm happy to do that, but we're supposed to be doing that for one to another. Proverbs 28.1 says that the righteous are as bold as a lion. When you understand your righteousness in Christ Jesus, when you understand who you are in Christ Jesus, there's a boldness that comes up in, in you. There's a boldness that Daniel had in the lion's den. There's a boldness that Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego had in the fiery furnace. There's a boldness that David had when he chased after Goliath. There's a boldness. Look at how one person put it. The moment you said you couldn't do something, you were whipped. You said you didn't have faith and doubt rose up like a giant and bound you. You talked failure and failure held you in bondage. If you talk about sickness, it will develop in your system. If you talk about doubt and fears, they will grow and become stronger. If you confess lack of finances, it will stop resources from coming. And we know this to be true. People, I'm talking about Christians. You know, the world doesn't have an excuse. But Christians have no right to talk negative when we have the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. See, faith is much more than saying, I go to this church or I'm on this denomination. Faith is something that we live by. Faith is something that affects our atmosphere. We need to watch the words that we speak and only speak the desired result. If we really believe that our words were seeds and it was going to produce a harvest in our life, we would speak totally different. 
We're coming up to the first of the year. You know what a great, great uh, New Year's res- res- revolution? Res- res- Let's have a revolution. You know, you know what a great one would be? Is that this coming year, I'm only going to speak what I desire to happen. And it'd be interesting to see how your life would change over the, over the course of that year. Find scripture regarding your situation. So many people, and I was probably I was this way probably, can't remember. But they, they, they come up and say, Well, I think God is this way. Well, I think this about God. I think it doesn't matter what you think. We need to find scripture. What does God say about the situation that we're in? We need to find scripture regarding our situation. We need to meditate on it until the only thing that comes out of our mouth is what God says. If you glorify God with your mouth, you will find that his goodness will manifest in your life. Hebrews 11.1 1 says, Now faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not Seeing. Faith. Faith has substance. What is the substance of faith? The substance of faith is truth. And what is truth? The Word of God. The Word of God is the substance of faith. Substance is what we believe will happen. The truth, the substance of God's Word is what we believe will happen, what we have faith in. Hope, hope is the imagination. It's imagined or dream, a positive imagination of what is happening. Hope is what we cling to when reality leaves us nothing else. Until you see faith become sight, you hang on to hope. You continue having a positive imagination. You see your victory. You see see the end. You see the promises of God being manifest in your life. You see yourself as the victor. You see yourself as the head and not the tail. Above only and not beneath. That's your hope. Romans 12, 2 through 3. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what is the will of God, what the will of God is. Whose job is it to prove what the will of God is? You. How? By not being conformed to the ways of the world, but be transformed to the renewing of your mind. That which is good and acceptable and perfect. God's will for you is good, it's acceptable, and it's perfect. For... for through, through the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you, do not think more highly of himself as he ought to think, but to think so as to have sound judgment, as God has allotted to each a measure of faith. God has given you the faith to believe in him. But the problem is, and it goes back, it's so simple, it's the same, it's the same, it's the same choice that Adam and Eve had from the very beginning. Will you trust God and eat from the tree of life? Or will you trust in your own wisdom 
the knowledge of good and evil and eat from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Will you trust God or will you trust earthly wisdom? See, we must get God's mind on our situation. Do you have God's mind on your situation? Do you know what God has to say about your situation? We get his mind by reading the word of God and meditating on his word. We must have our minds renewed to this way of thinking, of his way of thinking. We, we all have faith which God has provided as a gift. 1 Corinthians 2.16, for who has known the mind of the Lord? See, this is, people say this, who has known the mind of the Lord and who will instruct him? God's ways are higher than our ways. Well, let's read the rest of it. Who, for who has known the mind of the Lord that he will instruct him? But we have the mind of Christ. You have the mind of Christ. You have it. Look at what it goes on to say in, in, uh, in Philippians 2.5. Have this attitude in yourselves, which was also in Christ Jesus. Paul says we're just had the same attitude in us that Jesus Christ had. We are to have the mind of Christ, and we are to have his attitude. How? How? Well, look what David wrote. In Psalms chapter, or yeah, 119, verse 9, How can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping it according to your word. With all my heart I have sought you. Do not let me wander from your commandments. You, your word I have treasured in my heart that I may not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I have told of all the ordinances of your mouth. I have rejoiced in the way of your testimony as much as in all riches. So he rejoices in the word of God as much as wealth. I will meditate on your precepts and regard your ways. I shall delight in your statutes. I shall not forget your word. How do we have the mind of Christ? How do we have, have, have Christ's attitude? Through the word. Through renewing our minds to the word of God. To the word of God. Look at what Jesus said. In John chapter 8, verse 31 and 32. So Jesus was saying to those Jews who had believed in him, If you continue in my word, then you are truly, you are truly disciples of mine. And you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free. The truth will make you free when? When you know it. There's a lot of people in bondage because you don't know the truth of what the Word of God says. And look what he says here. John, John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me, and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish, and it will be done for you. Ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. This is Jesus. Is Jesus a liar? Or are we not abiding? Faith comes from knowing God's will. And the word of God is the will of God. And Jesus is the manifest presence of the will of God, the, the word that became flesh. So we can know God's will by f- first looking at Jesus and then filtering the word of God through who Jesus Christ was and what he has done. 
Romans chapter 10, verse 17. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Or the word concerning Christ. Many of you probably have heard it. Faith comes by hearing by hearing by the word of God, but that word God is actually Christos, which, which is Christ. It's not, it's, the Ten Commandments does not produce faith. Leviticus, unless you're reading Christ, you're finding the shadows of Christ in Leviticus, it's not going to produce faith in your life. It's the gospel of Jesus that produces faith. So let's look at some. In Mark chapter 11, verse 22, it says, And Jesus answered and said to them, Have faith in God. Truly I say to you, whoever says to this mountain, be taken up and cast in the sea and does not doubt in his heart, but believes that what he says is going to happen, it will be granted to him. Therefore I say to you, all things for, for which you pray and ask, believe that you receive them and they will be granted to you. Where are we to believe? In our heart. Who are we to have faith in? God. When do we believe that we receive them? When we ask. Not when we see. When we ask. True faith is not belief in faith. See, this is where a lot of people get, get out of bounds when it comes to faith. Faith is not a power in itself. You're entering into human will and positive thinking. Faith is not... Is, is not this human effort of, of, if I'm just positive in my own strength, then good things will happen to me. It's, it's probably better than being negative. But we have something even greater. We have the Spirit of God within us, and faith is of the heart. And it's not a force or power that is just us believing. That force and power is God himself. It's expectancy. It's assurance in God, in his promises. Mark chapter 9, verse 23 and 24. And, the, and Jesus said to him, If you can, all things are possible to him who believes. Immediately the boy's father cried out and said, I do believe. Help my unbelief. Faith is, is a gift from God. And, and what, what happens is, is you can believe and doubt at the same time. Jesus says, if you can. And this boy, this boy's father couldn't. He couldn't believe. He believed up to a certain point. But then doubt contaminated his faith. And that's why we need the superpower, we, we need the supernatural faith of God in these situations. Because mere human faith cannot get results. It's faith in Jesus Christ and what Jesus Christ has done. It's trusting and relying in him. It's getting doubt out. How do you get doubt out? By getting yourself out. Later, later his disciples asked him, why couldn't we cast out this, this demon? And, he, and Jesus says, this because of your unbelief. And they said, he says, this comes out only by fasting and prayer. This kind of what? This kind of unbelief. See, what happens is, is we get so full of ourself, the flesh. We allow our out, outside external 
circumstances to have more weight on what we believe than what the Word of God says, than what Jesus Christ has done. And the only way that you can get doubt and fear out when you when you're when you doubt and unbelief out when you're that entrenched in the flesh is to fast. I know right there, me just saying fast is you're thinking that that's heretic talk there. But a fast is not about getting something from God. A fast is bringing your flesh under subjection. Saying, I am the boss of my flesh. My flesh will not tell me when to eat. I'll tell my flesh when we're going to eat. And during this process of fasting, what do you do? You pray. You abide in God. True faith is a work of God within the believer's heart. True faith is a work within the believer's heart of God. It's the grace of God, his faith being manifest in you. Ephesians 2.10, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand so that we would walk in them. We were prepared for good works. We were saved for good works. We were not saved by good works. So right now, you are his workmanship. And that that word workmanship, it it actually is the word used for poetry. You are are God's masterpiece. You are his, his poetic song unto the world. God created in, with, in each one of you good works. God is doing the work within you. Do you understand that? Philippians 2.13, For it is God who is at work in you, both to will and to work for his good pleasure. God is at work within you. When you start operating in the faith, when you start trusting God, it is God that's doing the work within you, not you. And that's a great way to live. God's grace is working within us to give us the desires and the power to do his will. This work is dependent upon our willingness and faithfulness. If you're willing and obedient, you'll eat the good of the land. You might be willing, but are you obedient? You might be inobedient, but are you willing? True faith is a gift of Christ. Romans ten seventeen. So faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of Christ. Faith comes by hearing what Christ has done. and what Christ, It's a gift from Christ. Paul tells us in Philippians 3, 8 through 15 that we are dependent on Christ for everything and without him we can do nothing. Look what Jesus says. Jesus says in John chapter 15, verse 5, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him, he bears much fruit. From apart from me, you can do nothing. So everything that you've accomplished in your life, apart from Jesus, he says, that's nothing. That's nothing. You should see what I want to do. We are to abide in him. We're to trust in him. We're, we're, we're to pull from him. Hebrews 12, 2, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the author and the perfecter of our faith. Another translation says, the author and the finisher of our faith. Who for joy set before him, endured the cross, despising the shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Jesus is the author of our faith. He is the finisher. He is the perfecter of our faith. It's a supernatural thing. It's of God. 
It's him working in you, his good pleasure. Now you know why without faith, it's impossible to please God. Because if you're not operating in faith, you're operating in what? Works. We already know that your works don't work. Abiding in Christ and obedience to his word are the source and the secret to faith. In John chapter 8, verse 12, Then Jesus again spoke to them, saying, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will not walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The mirror translation puts it this way. And Jesus continued to say, I am the light of the world. Whoever journeys with me shall not walk in darkness, but will radiate the light of life. That word have, but will have the light of life. That word have literally means to hold, to resonate, in this case, radiate. The church is to be radiating the light of Christ. The life, the life of God, the Zoe life of God. How? By abiding in him. John chapter 15, verse 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be, it will be done for you. We're gonna, we've got lots of scriptures we're going through. God will not honor our selfish desires. See, this is where a lot of people get, uh, get disqualified. In James chapter 4, four verse 3, it says, You ask and do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives so that you may spend it on your pleasures. See, the difference between when you abide in God, you'll, you, you'll come to a realization that um, blessing is not for you, it's for somebody else. You are blessed to be a blessing. And a lot of people get, start saying, they get excited about this. Well, if I, if I can find a scripture that, that says that God's going to provide this. He's going to do this. Then all of a sudden, with, a, with, a, with the wrong motives and an evil heart, they try to manipulate God to get what they want. And what happens, what happens is, Jesus says that if you're not faithful with little, those that are faithful with little will be given much. Our faithfulness in the little things of God show what we really believe. If you're not faithful with a $10 bill, how are you going to be faithful with $100,000? See, faith is not about you. Faith is about the glory of God being manifest through you and that Jesus gets the glory, that Jesus is lifted high, that the testimony of Christ is lifted up. And as, if God can get finances through you, he can get finances to you. Faith takes confidence and patience to manifest. This is where a lot of people lose it too. Hebrews 10.35, Therefore do not throw away your confidence. What is confidence? Expectation. What, what, what is your expectation? Hebrews 
told us it was faith, right? Don't throw away your faith. Don't throw away your confidence in God, which has great reward. So if I was the enemy, what will I try to do? Get you to what? Throw away your confidence because I don't want you to get your reward. Paul told Timothy that what? Fight the good fight of faith. To live this way in this fallen world takes a fight. And sometimes things don't happen as fast as you want to. And when those incidents happen, it says don't lose your confidence. Don't lose your faith. Don't stop trusting in God because there's a great reward for you have need of endurance. Patience. This is why we need patience. We don't need, I'm telling you, we don't need patience for long lines when Christmas shopping. That's just pointing out that you're a jerk. We need patience to fight the good fight of faith. We need to patience. I, I, I heard one person say this years and years and years ago, and it rang so true, that if you want your circumstance to change, you stay the same. That's if you're abiding in God. If you want your circumstance to change, you stay the same. You stay in faith. You stay stay confessing the words. You have a positive hope, imagination. You stay positive. You declare the things of God. You watch the things that you say in your mouth and only speak the desired end. You stay the same and your situation will change. You know what happens whenever hope deferred? Makes the heart sick. When we don't have instant gratification, when, when it tastes longer than we think it should, what happens? Do we stay the same? No. That's when we change. If you want your circumstance to change, you stay the same. If you want your circumstance to stay the same, you change. You start questioning. You start reasoning. You start wondering. You start... Is that what happens? And so often, when there's the most pressure to give up is when you're the closest to your victory. How many people gave up believing God right before the victory? For you have need of endurance so that when you have done the will of God, you may receive what was promised. Faith demands trust. Faith demands trust. Proverbs, chapter 4, verse 20. My son, give attention to my words. Incline your ear to my sayings. Do not let them depart from your sight. Keep them in the midst of your heart. For they are life to those that find them and health to all their body. Watch over your heart with all diligence, for from it flows the springs of life. As a man believes in his heart, so is he. From the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. The heart of an individual, the heart of an individual is the core of an individual. The heart of an individual 
is where the soul of a man and the spirit of a man come together. Your spirit has been made again, born again, just like Jesus. As he is, so are we in this world. Your soul is the mind, will, intellect, emotions, your conscience. And we are to trust God that his word is true. We are to trust God that Jesus Christ has accomplished it. We are to trust God that as we meditate and, and put before our eyes what God has said about our situations and believe it in our heart, transform our soul, our mind. Do not become conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. As you do this, it creates health in all your life, and from it will flow the springs of life. The just shall live by faith. And today we just covered a lot of Scripture. And the reason why we covered a lot of Scripture, because that's how faith comes. And each one of us needs to start asking ourselves, am I living by faith? Am I trusting God? And you need to get a checklist. You need, I don't know how you do things, but either do it mentally or physically on a piece of paper. Write down areas of your life and start saying, this is what I need to see God do in this area of my life. This is what I need to see God do in this area with my child. This is what I need to see God do in my finances. This is what I need to see God to do in this destructive behavior I have. This is what I need to see God do. And then find out what God's word says about it. Then meditate on it. Think about it. Let it transform the, who you are. Let, it, let the power of God rise up within your spirit to join with the word of God. A double-edged sword, a which is a two-tongue sword. Two tongues. God said it first, and then you say it in faith. Think about that. Salvation, who said it first? It says that, For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. Jesus Christ was God saying, You shall be saved when you believe upon him. And then what do we do? We turn around and say it. That I believe on Jesus Christ as my Lord and Savior. I believe that God raised him from the dead. I believe that he's sitting at the right hand of all heaven of the throne of grace. I believe that, that, that he has given us the gift of the Holy Spirit. He has empowered me, that he's made me a new creation. These are things that you believe and it's supposed to be coming out of your mouth. And even when you fail, even when you trip, when you fall down seven times, you get back up. Why? Because you know that you're righteous and it's not by what you've done, but you believe in what Jesus Christ has done. That's why we're more than conquerors is because even when we lose, we can get back up and win. It's not over until God says it's over. Amen. I don't know. I just, I just have this in my heart. Don't, don't, just don't, don't take what we're talking about here today and just forget about it when you go out these doors. Abide in him. Spend time with him. And listen, it's so simple. Some of you guys say, well, I'm not a reader. You know what? In Jesus Christ, you can be a reader. I know somebody that didn't read a book after high school. 
And I don't think they even read a book in high school. But once they, once they heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, once they heard the, the gospel of God, they got hungry and wanted to know God. And they, start, and they started reading. And they read books. I'm not saying that you need to read them fast. Some of you need to read them. You guys, some of you read them too fast. You read them so fast that you don't even know what you read. We need to read it and chew on it a little bit. Some of these scriptures we just read today, you know, people talk about trying to read the whole Bible in a year. You know, that's great if you do that. But some of these scriptures that we just read today, we need to spend some time and just hear the heart of God on them. What does God have to say about it? Get a revelation that it's not just head knowledge. It's just not something that we can quote. But it's something that all of a sudden becomes the way that we live. I believe with all my heart, and we're going to be talking about this more and more after the first of the year, that, that Karis New Testament Church has been put in Vassar for this, this, this area and the surrounding areas to be a blessing. This surrounding area does not even know. This city does not even know what's coming its way. God is going to do something in this city because we, are not going to be a, we will not be a church that is, is just comes in to get blessed on Sunday morning. No, we are to go out and be the blessing. Faith works. It will work in your life, and it's not just for the, for the ministry of church ministry. It's for our, the just shall live by faith. God wants to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all you could ask or hope according to the power that lives in you. If your life isn't exceedingly and abundantly above what you can imagine, We're not living by faith. And I'm not there yet. I'm not, I'm, I'm in this journey with you guys. Amen. I, I was done 20 minutes ago, so let's pray. Father, we just love you. We thank you. We thank you. We, th- we thank you. We thank you that you have called us to be ambassadors of the kingdom of God to represent Jesus. And Father, we thank you that our job isn't to go out into the world and tell people, look, you need to be like me. You need to tie the tie the way that I tie it. You need to, to do the things that I do. No, we get to go out and say, Jesus wants you to be like him. That it's not by our own righteousness. It's not by our own good deeds. It's not by our works. Well, we just get to go out and brag about Jesus and what he's done in our life. And Father, right now, I just sense that there's some people here right now that they feel like there's things in their life that you don't like. And you probably don't like them. And it's not because you don't like them. It's that you don't like what those things in their life are going to do to them. Darkness destroys, sin destroys, the wages of sin is death. And I just feel that you want to tell those people this morning 
that your desire is goodwill towards them. Your desire, that they are your workmanship. And that you desire that they walk by faith in those areas of their life. That they trust you, that they depend on you, that they abide in you. And that you will give them the desires of their heart. This morning, Holy Spirit, we thank you that you are the great physician. Anything that is in us that is not supposed to be there, that is out of whack, we ask that you do a work in us as we trust that we are the temple of the Holy Spirit and that we are the workmanship of God and that we have the light of life. Some of us here... We need wisdom in areas of our life. Father, we thank you that we have the mind of Christ and that we can, we can pull on the knowledge of God and that you can give us supernatural wisdom and instruct us in the way that we should go. Father, I thank you for your peace that passes all understanding and your grace and your mercy. And I just speak that over this congregation now. Grace upon grace upon grace. The favor of God rests upon you all. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. Amen. You've been listening to a message from Karis New Testament Church. For more information or to contact us, go to www.karisntc.org. And remember, you are deeply loved, highly favored, and destined to reign in Christ Jesus.